Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Second Samuel 16 and Psalm 63. The last of God's promises for David comes true. It is said that a human being can survive 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but cannot live a single second without God. King David is fleeing from his son Absalom, who has crowned himself king. David wrote Psalm 63 when he was in the wilderness of Judah, which is a very dry desert. People joke about living in Phoenix, Arizona in the summer when the temps go into the triple digits. We say it's a dry heat as opposed to the humidity felt elsewhere. Consequently, it took me two years to get acclimated to the desert climate. I once almost passed out at work because I hadn't had enough water. In this next chapter, David gets some provisions from an unlikely source, maybe with an ulterior motive. He gets curses and rocks thrown at him, and Absalom does the unthinkable. Just as we humans need food, water, and air to live, we also need God. David acknowledges this in Psalm 63. But first, we continue with King David's adventure. Let's dig in. 2 Samuel 16, we've got Ziba, Shimei, and the concubines. That sounds like a 50s group. <laughs> anyway, um... When David had gone a little beyond the summit of the Mount of Olives, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, that's, <laughs> he is Saul's grandson and heir. Well, he, well, Ziba, the servant, was awaiting there for him. He had two donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bunches of summer fruit, and a wineskin full of wine. What are these for, the king asked Ziba. Ziba replied, the donkeys are for the king's people to ride on, and the bread and the summer fruit are for the young men to eat. The wine is for those who become exhausted in the wilderness. And where is Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, the king asked. He stayed in Jerusalem, Ziba replied. 
He said, today I will get back the kingdom of my grandfather's hall. In that case, the king told Ziba, I give you everything Mephibosheth owns. I bow before you, Ziba replied. May I always be pleasing to you, my lord, the king. Shimei. As King David came to Bahurim, a man came out of the village cursing them. It was Shimei, son of Gera, from the same clan as Saul's family. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers and all the mighty warriors who surrounded him. Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer. Why should this dead dog curse my lord and king, Abishai, son of Zeruiah, demanded. Let me go over and cut off his head. No, the king said. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zeruiah? If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Then David said to Abishai and to all the servants, my own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul, a Benjamite, have even more reason to do so? Leave me alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. So David and his men continued down the road, and Shimei uh, kept pace with them on a nearby hillside, cursing and throwing stones and dirt at David. The king and all who were with him grew weary along the way, so they rested when they reached the Jordan River. Some advice for Absalom. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the army of Israel arrived at Jerusalem, accompanied by Ahithophel, who, remember, is Bathsheba's grandfather. When David's friend Hushai, the archite, David's spy, arrived, he went immediately to see Absalom. Long live the king, he exclaimed. Long live the king. Is this the way you treat your friend David? Absalom asked. Why aren't you with him? I'm here because I belong to the man who was chosen by the Lord and by all the men of Israel, Hushai replied. And anyway, why shouldn't I serve you? Just as I was your father's advisor, now I'll be your advisor. Then Absalom turned to Ahithophel and asked him, what should I do next? Ahithophel told him, Go and sleep with your father's concubines, for he has left them here to look after the palace. Then all Israel will know that you have insulted your father beyond hope of reconciliation, and they will throw their support to you. So they set up a tent on the palace roof where everyone could see it, and Absalom went in and had sex with his father's concubines. Absalom followed Ahith. Ahithophel's advice just as David had done. For every word Ahithophel spoke seemed as wise as though it had come directly from the mouth of God. Oh, well, so what have we got here? David doesn't know this, but Ziba's story is made up. David's jumping to conclusions before hearing the other side of the story. Ziba was kissing up to David and David fell for it. 
Hushai was David's spy in Absalom's camp. Seems like Absalom fell for the ruse. It was customary in ancient times that the new king would inherit his predecessor's harem. In 2 Samuel 12, 11, God tells David his judgment that is upon him for his adultery. And that reads, this is what the Lord says. Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. Done and done. We must be careful what we call a judgment from God. There's no way we can know what is and what isn't. The problem with calling a natural disaster or a man-made one a judgment from God is that they usually affect both sinners and Christians alike. We are living in the end times. If you are not, um, if, if you don't believe that, if you don't agree with that, if you haven't reached that realization yet, I want you to click on over to my blog and click on the, um, uh, you know, any anywhere in my blog and any of the links I have talking about the end times and Bible prophecy in the last days. Because there is nobody with half a brain who cannot say there's too, too much going on too quickly for this not to be the end times. Well, anyway, let's take a look at what David was feeling at this time of trial in Psalm 63, which in the introduction reads a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for your jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. That's the New King James version of it. David was a broken man. Back in Psalm 51, he begs for forgiveness and a clean heart. King David left everything behind, his palace, harem, and riches to go and find the presence of God. We believers don't have to go very far to find and feel the presence of God. He is living inside of us in the form of the Holy Spirit. We have to have a clean heart in order for the Holy Spirit to move in. David praised God early in the morning and at night in bed. Do you do that? Start and end your day with God. You'll feel better and you'll sleep better. We need to purposefully follow Jesus. Without God's intervention, David knew he had no chance of regaining his kingdom. 
God will soon intervene in our world by snatching away all the Christian believers in the rapture. Believe me, you do not want to be left behind. And in case you have any doubts about that, please click on over to my blog and I've got articles and a lot of articles <laughs> on the rapture and what it will be like to be left behind. Suffering has a way of producing good character in people. When I was unemployed for two years, God gave me this passage as a life verse. It's Romans 5, 3 through 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I said, after this is over, I'm gonna have great character. And he did change me for the better. As I write this, the news from Afghanistan is not good. And you can click on over to my blog and I updated um, my um, End Times news page. And it's, it's, it's sad, it's scary. Um, you know, right now, all, all we can do here is, is pray and uh, in any way possible support the organizations that we're trying to, 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 to take people out in humanitarian flights. But as you'll see, they've given up with the Kabul airport. Um, anyway, it's, it's, um, things are not good over there. And over in my blog, I embedded a podcast again. Um, uh, it's called What's Happening in Afghanistan, Stories from Believers on the Ground. And you can hear what Afghani Christians are going through. Suffering doesn't begin to describe it. Um, and we can, yeah, you have to listen to it. Because we can learn from them. Oh, Lord, if I just had one ounce of the boldness that they have and the courage and the strength that they have. Uh, wow, I just, I wish I could. I wish I did. Do you have God's presence in your heart? No, not sure? Well, it's time to be sure. Just invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And um, also at the bottom of today's blog, I found a hymn that, you know, as I was doing this, writing this um, article and getting ready, you know, the script for the podcast, I go, there's a song, Lord, I need you. Um, I, I, I went and I found it on YouTube and, and it's, a, it's a beautiful song because we all need God. And it's, it's time that everybody admits it. We need God. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, 
feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.